In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I grew up with both of my parents and brother in a small rancher house within a suburb off of the highway. Things were always quiet and crime rarely ever happened. We were the only kids on our street and were surrounded by other houses with old couples. Due to this fact, I was comfortably left at home alone quite often whenever the others wanted to go somewhere late. This story occurred once my brother was old enough to drive and hang out with his friends on his own. One fateful night, my brother was out very late, and my parents went out on a date, planning to come back around 11 p.m. I was playing Halo 3 all night that dates my story, if that helps. 
My 14-year-old self lived for these nights alone, gaming non-stop without interruption until my parents came home. It is worth noting that I had two large dogs at the time, and the living room had three huge windows which opened toward the street. I could see about half of the driveway from the couch where I was gaming. At around 10.30 p.m., I hear what sounds like a car door. I'm thinking that it must be a neighbor, since I didn't see a car pull into the driveway, but the dog said otherwise. The dogs were freaking out as if my parents pulled in. I'm not thinking anything of it, stayed where I was, and yelled at them to stop. Our dogs are well trained, and waited patiently by the door. I see what looks like a silhouette or two pass by the windows, so I go to shut off the Xbox. Now I'm thinking that my parents came home a bit early. No biggie. I put my controller away, and I hear the doorknob jiggle. It's unlocked, I yell as I go to the kitchen to get myself a glass of milk. Again, no biggie. I hear the doorknob jiggle once more. The dogs go back to barking. Weird. I could have sworn it was unlocked. Hold on, I'm coming, I yell. I take a second to get my glass of milk prepared. Look, I was a teenager. I had selfish and dumb priorities. Looking back, I'm kinda glad I did. That extra minute may have spared me. I go back to the front door, and I see that it actually was locked. Ha. Huh. Weird. I unlock it and walk away. It's unlocked now, I say, and go back to the kitchen. The dogs basically have their noses against the door, trying to get to my parents. After about another minute, I'm genuinely confused. I go back and open the door. No one's there. I peek my head out, and look down the sidewalk. I look to the other side of the yard. There's no car, and no person. The road is clear. Who the heck jiggled the doorknob? Where is the car door I heard? Now I'm freaked out. I called mom's cell, and told her what happened. She said, We're on our way home. Call Mr. Jimmy next door neighbor who owns the 12 Gwaj, and we'll be there soon. So I locked the house down as much as possible while calling Mr. Day Jimmy. He said he'd be right over. I'm looking outside, making an effort to look opposite of wherever he patrols, in case the perp CSI lingo. How ran from him. Absolutely no sign of anyone. Mr. Jimmy then comes inside and waits with me, saying that he didn't see or hear anything. Nothing like this ever happened since. Neighbors never reported any break-ins or suspicious characters, as far as I know. My mother is 100% convinced that it was just late, and I was delirious. Wouldn't be the first time that I sleepwalked or sleep-talked, but I've learned to know the difference. I believe that I was fully conscious. Like I said, I've lived a fairly normal and uneventful life. No crime or risk of life to speak of, except for this one thing, so I thought I'd share. I hope you got a kick out of my mildly creepy experience. I got up in the middle of the night to pee and happened to glance out the window to my backyard to see a glowing yellow figure that looked like it was collecting soil samples from my backyard. I absolutely shat myself and bumped into the sink. The figure stopped what it was doing and looked at me. I bolted back to my room and woke my wife, but when we went back it was gone. Funny thing is I've told this story to other people and the wife of a friend of mine burst into tears and said she had seen the same thing when she was a child, but nobody believed her. People asking for more detail it looked to be about 7 ft tall, as when it stood up it was well taller than my fence. I couldn't make out any detail because it was glowing so strongly and... 
My adrenaline was pumping like crazy and I live in very populated suburban Sydney. It was also between 2, 3 and M. Also it was through a fly acorn and open window from upstairs bathroom. I can post a pic from my perspective if people are interested and I can work out how to post it. This story happened a few years ago, but it's still so fresh in my mind. Sorry in advance for the long post, but it's a good one. I had just moved in with my boyfriend at the time. He was living in this weird little house that was down by itself next to an asphalt plant and railroad tracks, but it was nice and quiet after living on or near the college campus nearby for years. To get to it, you turned off the main road and drove down this spiral hill until you got to the lonely little house by itself. There was a little parking lot behind the house, so we always parked there and used the back door. No one ever came to the front door because you'd have to park on the street and walk through the lawn to get to it. It just didn't make sense to use it. This particular night I was home alone while the boyfriend was at work. I decided to start watching a particular USA Scary Tales show I think it had just started that year or the year before so the hype was crazy. For anyone familiar with the first season, you may remember that there's an episode pretty early on where a scary guy is banging on the front door of this house, and it's pretty creepy. Enter the creepy encounter. I had just watched the aforementioned scene and was creeped out because I was home alone at night watching a scary show. All of a sudden, someone starts knocking on my front door. As I mentioned before, no one ever used the front door, so I was creeped out right away. I had the blinds closed, but the door was one of those old-style ones with three little windows in it, so there was no way for me to look to see who it was without them very clearly seeing me too. So I cracked the door open, and it's an older or middle-aged guy with a male and his teens behind him. They were both covered in blood and dirt. Older man says they were out hunting, and their truck got stuck in the mud, and they couldn't get it out. Their phones were dead, and they needed to use mine to call someone to help them. Now I'm not a hunter, but our house was technically within city limits, and I was pretty sure the season opener was coming up soon, but hadn't happened yet. However, I'm from MN, so we're often nice or helpful to a fault, so of course I'm scared out of my mind, but slip them my cell phone through the crack in the door. They use it and make a few calls, which I can't really hear because I kept the glass or screen door closed throughout most of this encounter. No one answers their calls at first, so they hand the phone back to me, but keep standing on my stoop waiting to see if they call back. At this point I am frantically texting my boyfriend what's happening, and he's asking for photos of me to make sure I'm still alive. Finally the creepy hunter dudes people call back, so I hand the phone over again, talk to their people then hang up and give me the phone back and leave. I immediately bolted the front and back doors and ran into the kitchen to get the biggest knife we owned. Proceeded to sit on the couch shaking in silence for the next little while. Time was standing still from my fear, so I don't know how long I was sitting there, but after a bit I see lights streaming through the little door windows. Their truck was pointing straight at the front of my house with their headlights flooding it. They come back up to the front door and knock again. I hide the knife behind my back and crack it open again, and they tell me they got the truck out and need my phone one more time to call off their people. They're finally about to leave and ask if they can come back with a six-pack sometime to thank me. I nope the hell out of that situation and probably not so nicely ask them to never come back. Boyfriend got home shortly after they left. 
We called the non-emergency line to report it and ask about hunting season. Apparently bow hunting was open at the time, so I guess that could explain the blood but not the location. Still the absolute scariest experience I've ever had. Never wanted to move out of a house quicker than after that night. We live in an updated mid-century modern home that was built in 1968. There have been only two owners of the house before us, and the second owners were really just flippers who gutted or renovated it. The first owner was a woman who lived here presumably until she passed. When we moved in, our doorbell rang at all hours of the day and night at random. This would happen about three, four times a day. First we thought the neighborhood kids were messing with us, but we began to realize through our security cameras that no one was ever there. Eventually our dogs stopped barking at the doorbell because we started to ignore it, thinking it was glitched. Eventually it just went out. On at least two occasions, the TV in our master bedroom has turned on by itself, both times late at night. We've replaced this TV, so the first time it happened was with the old TV, and the second was with the new one. They are different brands. The remote has been out of reach and both my spouse and I have been tucked in bed and or asleep both times. On one occasion, the Nest thermostat, which has a motion sensor that causes it to light up blue when you walk by it, lit up in the middle of the night when everyone was in bed asleep. I woke up about two minutes before it happened, which is also odd. It's located in the hall outside our bedroom, and we sleep with the door open. That was a little alarming. A couple of nights ago, not the first time, our dog climbed into bed with us, got up as close to the headboard as possible so he could be right next to us, sat down and stared up at the ceiling. He seemed unsettled and wouldn't lay down or get under the covers with us, which is what he normally likes to do for at least 15 minutes. He just stared up at the ceiling. That's about all I got. We still live here, so I guess I can update as time goes on lol. This happened years ago, when I was a college student. I lived in an old house with ten other girls. Six bedrooms, three fridges, it was actually a nice place to live. All of my roommates went home after spring semester. I was the only stay over to summer semester, and as I was working instead of going home for the summer, I was alone for a couple weeks. One night I dragged in after work, and was annoyed to discover the doors unlocked. The landlord had let carpet cleaners in that day, I'd known they were coming and nobody locked up. It was well after dark and I locked the doors and did a glance through to make sure I was actually alone. As I settled on my bed with a book, trying to relax and forget the house had been open all day, the doorbell rang. I went to the bottom of the stairs and I could clearly see through the glass on the door. Nobody was there. I returned to my room and the doorbell rang again. Again nobody was there. While I was still staring at the door, the doorbell rang and rang and rang. I finally took the batteries out of the inside bell unit and went back upstairs, now a bit shaken. It was a windy night, and I was heading rattling, which I tried to ignore. I already knew I may not sleep that night. About fifteen minutes later, I hear a footstep on the stairs. A clearly heavy, likely male. Footstep. I'm alone in the house, the only phone this was pre-cell phone was at the top of the stairs. To call for help, I'd have to move closer to the stairs. I'd heard a fight or flight response before, but I had a reaction I'd never suspected. I froze. I couldn't move as I heard those footsteps get closer. 
and closer. My pepper spray was on my desk, mere feet from me, but I couldn't move. Moments later, a figure dressed in black reached the top of the stairs and turned toward my room. Right before I screamed, I realized it was my boyfriend. He didn't think he'd scare me, he was just having fun. Our doorbell was a remote, so he took it and was hiding in the bushes. Then he came through a downstairs room where the window had been left open in a hot summer, and the screen was easy to take off. That was the last time any of the downstairs windows were left open or unlocked. The pepper spray and a knife made their way close to my bedside, and I got him back in a rather immature way. I told his mom what he'd done. For the record, that relationship didn't last much longer. The worst moment a mother could ever imagine is losing their child. However, it's much worse when you have no explanation as to where they've gone. One day my husband and I decided to go on a motorcycle ride and naturally leave our 15-year-old daughter home. In any other circumstance I would have said to call one of us if anything happened to her or if she needed anything while we were out. However, there's no way to answer your phone while on a motorcycle. We were only gone for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, but when we arrived back home my heart sank. At least five police cruisers were outside, two ambulances, and one fire truck. Practically jumping off the back of my husband's bike, I ran to the first officer I saw. This woman looked very distressed, and the sentence she said to me when she saw me nearly put me in cardiac arrest. You need to check the footage from the cameras in your living room. The officers refused to let me inside my house, and instead sat me on my front porch step. I opened my phone, pulling up our security footage. Multiple videos of various lengths had Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Generated within the time I was gone. My husband sat next to me as I clicked on the first video video I. My daughter Marie was sat on the couch watching something on the television. Everything seemed normal until our ceiling fan light began flashing on and off. The remote was sitting on the coffee table, and even if Marie had been messing with it, the lights don't flash, they fade in and out. The only audio is the television and a very low mumble from Marie. What the hell? Video Roman 2. Only three minutes later, the light was off and the remote was next to Marie indicating she had switched it off. However, the fan began slowly spinning then speeding up to mode 3 which was as high as it could go. When Marie attempted to switch it off the light began flashing again only faster. Video Roman 3 Um, hi Damien. I'm home alone right now and some really weird shit is going on the lights keep flashing and the fan is turning on by itself. Can you come over? Thanks. Marie asked. She was lying on the couch clutching a throw pillow. After she hung up there was a noise. It was barely audible, but we all heard it, a creak of a door. She visibly froze and Barley turned her head towards the direction of the sound, but relaxed when she saw nothing there. Video Roman 4 Marie welcomed her friend Damien in the house. Nothing else happens. 
video V. Nearly 10 minutes later, the fan begins to shake as if someone was jumping upstairs. Six heavy, loud footsteps are heard and Marie and Damien freeze. A noise I can only assume was the creature begins. It sounds as if a car slammed on the brakes repeatedly, and the rubber squeals like a manic villainous laugh. In an instant Damien grabs his phone, dialing what I can only assume was 911. He mentions that they're home alone and something is in the house with them. When he begins talking the noise stops. The lights go out, blinds pulling down as if someone grabbed them at warp speed. I hear Marie scream in the pitch black and the television turns to static, yet doesn't illuminate the room. Footsteps slam on the ground and the noise begins again. Everything goes silent. The lights turn on and nothing is there. Video Roman 6. Soon after, Marie and Damien are on the floor in a corner, hiding as best as they can. The lights shut off and slow, heavy footsteps approach. When the lights return, I am horrified at what I see. A tall, extremely slim, shadowy figure with a long, thin neck and needle-like fingers is hovering above the two. They scream and the lights switch off. A gurgling scream and a smack sounds out. I hear Marie screaming pleas for her life and a dragging noise before the lights turn on again. Damien is slumped in the corner throat slit, stained with his own blood. The carpeting has long, thin footprints and a body mark from that thing and it dragging Marie. Instead of watching the rest of the videos, I shove past the officers and into my living room. What I didn't notice in the videos was what was slid into Damien's throat, the wordplay in childlike handwriting and underneath it mort, which sends a chill down my spine. When Marie was six and Damien became her new best friend, her old one was kicked out of her life. However, her old best friend was imaginary. One night she came to me while I was sleeping and woke me up in a frantic state. All she said was, Mommy, he's going to hurt me. When I asked her who, she confused me when she replied with Mort, because her best friend hadn't been around for a while. Turns out he wasn't imaginary, and he was pretty pissed when she found a new best friend. Let me start off by saying I am no writer, but I long time lurker around these parts. I love a good scare, but only when it's exactly that. A good scare. Not when it's real, yet so. Unreal. Paralyzing, almost. I can't describe what I'm feeling, so here's what is happening. Sunday evening rolls around and all I want is to relax a bit. I'm fairly new to my current house, so things still aren't quite settled, and I'm not adjusted to all of the strange creaks and cracks of this place. It's just me and my dogs my husband had to go out of the country for business, but it's been feeling like so much more than that today. I'm naturally paranoid, so I try not to entertain the ideas I get about being a young woman home alone. I just make sure my doors are locked and I go about my business. My dogs aren't much when it comes to guarding. My old girl is deaf and the other is afraid of his own shadow. Anyway, all I want to do is relax and take a bath. It's been a long time since I've been able to relax like this and it feels surreal. It's the simple things. The tub takes its time to fill itself, but it eventually does. I'm soaking for what feels like a great amount of time when I start thinking, did I lock the door? I think the garage might be open. And right at that moment, I hear something from downstairs fall. Shit, it's probably the dogs. Calm down. I need to talk myself down so the anxiety doesn't get the best of me. I figured it's probably time to get out and dry off. 
I've had my bath and I don't really want to feel vulnerable right now, so I put some clothes on. This is where shit got too real for me. I'm wrapped in a towel going from the bathroom to my bedroom, and I hear what sounds like my dog's paws walking around in the hardwood floors downstairs. Awesome, right? Obviously nobody is down there, and it must have been one of the dogs to knock something over. Great, I thought. Walking into my bedroom, I see Dog Hash 1 snoozing away, and around the corner from my bed comes Dog Hash 2. What the hell? Immediately, I closed and locked my bedroom door. I'm frozen. What would mimic the sound of puppy paws like that? A few seconds pass. I'm still frozen and the sound of paws stops. Maybe I left my whole door open. A little raccoon or something came in. How did I manage to leave a whole door open? Now I hear scratching. I'm locked in my room and I don't know what to do. A few minutes pass and I haven't moved, nor have I heard anything else. I need to suck it up and figure out what is going on. Still in just a towel, I slowly open the door and make my way to the stairs. The sun went down. It's dark, and I'm too afraid to move towards a light switch, so I just stand there for another minute. Finally, I got the light on. I make my way downstairs, and this isn't the relaxation I had in mind. But nothing seems out of the ordinary. A broom fell over, but how does that explain the sound of paws on the floor? It doesn't, but I'm trying not to think about it. Like I said, I'm usually overly paranoid anyway. I swear, though, I keep seeing things. Shadows, maybe? I can't tell. I don't actually see anything, but I feel like there's always something there right in the corner of my eye. I can't deal with this shit. I just need some sleep. I know my mind is playing tricks on me. I make my way back upstairs, and I know both of my dogs are in the bedroom with me. The door is closed, locked, and I'm as far away from it as I could be. I still feel like I'm seeing strange shadows, but what can I do? Call the cops? Yes, hello, officer. There's a shadow on my wall. I know I'm just crazy. Only a few seconds pass after I lay down when one of my dogs seems more alerted than usual. He whimpers from what sounds like fear. He then goes to a slight growl. I don't hear anything. Now both dogs are up and growling, and now I'm nearly shitting myself because what is my deaf dog growling at? They're getting worked up now and I can't move. I'm hiding under my blankets, completely frozen, nearly crying. It's pitch black and I feel a weight on the other side of my bed, like somebody else had just climbed in. My dogs are calm now, but I refuse to move, eventually falling asleep. I wake up just a few hours later and check the time. It's only 10.15. I must have been having a nightmare because that's the only way I can explain my anxiety. A few minutes later and I want to get up for some water when I see boot prints all over my floor. This has been my night so far and I don't know what to make of anything. It doesn't make any sense. I longed for the nights where my mother would don an evening gown, punctuate every sentence of her lecture with the clicks and the clacks of her high heels as she strutted to the door and leave a deep red imprint of her lips on my forehead before she allowed herself to be whisked away by her suitor of the night. Those nights are rare when your single mother works 12-hour shifts at the local nursing facility and comes back home to a long evening of drinking, loud television, and heated arguments with her children. This night was better than all the others because the universe had aligned the plans of everyone in the household to coincide, leaving me behind for at least five hours worth of quite alone time, something I rarely got. 
I was in my bedroom, my secret stash of snacks scattered all over my bed and the one shared laptop we had in the house all to myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do first, watch a movie, sing along to karaoke songs on YouTube, have a one-woman dance party. I settled upon watching a scary movie and turned off all the lights to set the mood. I was barely past the 30-minute mark when I heard the distant sound of snickering. For a few seconds, I convinced myself that it was just a background noise in the movie I was watching, but my reassurance faltered when I paused the film and still heard it. I was frozen in place. I didn't know what to do. I just waited for something to happen, but nothing did. I slowly shifted my position. The bed frame creaked under my weight as I did so. I planted both my feet on the ground and paused for a few minutes. It was most probably one of my siblings who had come home early and was playing a prank on me. It could have even been one of my neighbor's kids. Whoever it was, I was a 16-year-old girl who wasn't taking any chances. I finally had the mind to scan the room for anything I could use to defend myself. I shared a room with six and eight-year-old girls. The entire place was childproof and my best bet was a heavy sports trophy, but I figured that it was better than nothing. The snickering got louder and nearer. It was turning into chuckles. I didn't know whether I wanted to wait in here until I was found or do the finding myself. I took another long, hard look at the trophy in my hands and decided to wait. With each minute that passed, the laughter increased in volume and enthusiasm. It sounded like a child who knew his parents were heading towards his hiding spot during a game of hide-and-seek laughing with the voice of an adult. Then I heard the sounds of chairs being dragged across the hardwood floor. It didn't sound like it was with much purpose other than to clear them out of the way. A slippery, slobbery wet noise followed suit. It sounded familiar, yet it wasn't one I had particularly heard before. Whoever was in my kitchen was slamming, ripping apart and mushing whatever it was he had in his hands. I heard squishes and squelches, and I could only assume that it was some sick psychopath with a fetish for breaking into houses and mauling large animals. Whatever it was, he was laughing throughout. I was terrified. There was a stranger in my kitchen, laughing manically as he seemingly prepared himself a snack on the counter. There was an intruder in the downstairs of my house, the place where I had left my cell phone. I turned around and looked at my laptop, wondering if the police would respond to emails. I decided to give it a try anyway and tiptoed back to my bed. My trembling fingers struggled to type slowly and quietly, but I eventually managed to send an email and post for help on social media. An excruciating seven minutes passed by until I heard someone pull up on the driveway. It didn't sound like the police. I heard the sound of heavy footsteps running up to the front door, frantically jamming a key into the keyhole and swinging the door open. The laughter stopped for a brief second before it turned into a roaring guffaw. A shriek and an ear-piercing scream penetrated the silence of the neighborhood, and whoever produced it turned around and ran towards the street, taking their screams with them. The manic laughter followed suit, and I finally dared to run to the bedroom window. I saw my sister running down the street while screaming, trying to attract as much attention as she could, and by the looks of it, she was succeeding. Running in the opposite direction was a naked man covered in a massive amount of blood that I had only seen before on television. He was still roaring with laughter as he disappeared out of sight. I watched out of the window as a posse gathered just outside my house. My sister hadn't stopped screaming. 
I realized that she wasn't just trying to attract attention, but she was actually hysterical, and I did not want to go downstairs and greet whatever had brought my sister to such a state. The crowd grew larger as the flashing red and blue lights arrived and footsteps stormed into my house. I heard curses and riches downstairs before someone finally called out. All I could manage to produce at first was a squeak. A female officer appeared in my doorway and asked me if I was alright. She told me to follow her with my eyes closed. Great advice for a rebellious teenager. I noticed her grasp become tighter as we reached the bottom of the stairs, and I couldn't help treating myself to a peek. Through squinted eyes, I saw the dismembered body parts of my mother neatly arranged beside her decapitated head on the kitchen counter. I passed out. 47 minutes. That was how long I had spent listening to my mother being torn into, ripped apart, mutilated, and eaten. The person responsible for that ran straight to his nursing facility, straight to his bedroom, and straight into bed. He laughed as they restrained him to his bed. He laughed as he was taken away in cuffs. He laughed as he was locked up in a cell. He laughed as he made eye contact with me in the courtroom as his sentence was being announced. I won't be surprised if he was still laughing when they strapped him to the chair. He will never laugh again. Nor will my mother.